Hey, what's up everyone? Dave here. Welcome to episode 68 of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. On today's episode, I'm speaking to founder of Logo.com, Richard Lau, about his uh, own experience with entrepreneurialism, the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. Um, He's he's started um, multiple businesses uh, with varying degrees of success. more successful as as time's gone on and he and he's learned from his previous experiences um he also talks about really what you probably call the month from hell where he pretty much lost everything financially and got diagnosed with colon cancer all in a space of you know just 30 days uh with a with a young son and a wife to take care of as well so it's as richard says it's not if you'll get punched by life it's when you're going to get punched and how you deal with those punches when they come that really is going to make the difference uh, to your life um, it's a great conversation i hope you get an awful lot out of it if you do please remember to like uh, subscribe and share with your friends and with that let's get on with the show Richard, welcome to Pocket Mastermind. How are you? David, I'm uh, very good. You know, just happy to be here and um, honored to be here. Oh, welcome. Um, looking forward to today's conversation, an interesting conversation, because we're talking entrepreneurialism and I would cast you probably now as a serial entrepreneur. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, as, <laughs> as long as you use I don't know how as long many times the second you've word is it. always entrepreneur, not, you know, something, <laughs> something terrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're yeah, talking more about you. Carry on. I don't know at what point you're, you become a serial entrepreneur, but you, know, you just kind of fall into it. Um, you know, I don't know if you have you ever questioned why it is well some people a, seem to have everything they could ever wish for: only, health, so. wealth, um, love, yeah, and all have to go into. Others seem to lack all of these things. Why is it the small minority <laughs> managed to break about your your the vast journey. majority failed to reach even beyond the beginning? Mediocrity. What was it that led you? What are this small down minority doing differently than everybody else? The it can't just be down to circumstance. Billionaires rise out of poverty. Path. Those well, questions you know, have been in my head there's, there's my whole life. And a couple of years ago, I decided to stop you wondering know, and start was, searching um, for the answers um, so that I could so help he, more people achieve greatness in their own business. lives. So join me and, and follow along as I uncover show. the secrets of the minority um, so I, I, majority you know, aren't now for, that I so that you can apply them to your own life to achieve your own greatness and live the life you want than My name is David Bell. Welcome to Pocket Mastermind. 
you know, I, I didn't know that at the time. I just say uh, entrepreneur. I just saw, saw that as a big, big umbrella that you, if you didn't have a boss, then you were an entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, I, I look back, uh, you know, my, my now wife, um, girlfriend at the time, um, we, we came across these coupons for a local amusement park. And I was like, you know, this is like $50 worth of value. You know, why don't we take them from, you know, the dry cleaner that we saw them at, mm -hmm. um, you know, ask them for a stack of them. They were just giving them out and, you know, go the 20 minutes over to the amusement park and sell them outside the front gate, right? <laughs> People would be, it was, it was too good to be true. People would be crazy not to free money. To buy yeah. them. It was free money. And so, you know, we made enough, uh, we sold uh, quite a few of them, uh, you know, literally right outside the front door of this amusement park and um, made enough to pay for ourselves to go in and, and for all of our, our uh, you know, goodies and treats and rides and food uh, for the day. And so then the next day I'm like, I'm gonna go back. And, mm -hmm. But my girlfriend wasn't available. And so I just went by myself and like five minutes in, security comes up, put their hand on me like, come with me, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> too good to and, be true. <laughs> it was too good to be true. But now, now I, you know, what did I know? I was like, you know, 15. Um, but now I, I wish um, I, I had gone back and not, you know, not gotten knocked off the horse, right? Because I could have just gone done it across the street when it wasn't. Mm -hmm. The problem was I was doing it on their property. <laughs> yeah, right? Just far too <laughs> obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my closing rate might have gone down, but because I, I would have been across the street. But it would, it have, would been have been 100% shut down. Legal, and I would have been shut down. And it was extremely lucrative. So we've gone from extremely lucrative to very lucrative. And I, you know, anyway, you know, you, you take your successes and your failures. But yeah, that, uh, that was probably one of my first um, entrepreneurial um, um, side hustles. And, but really, you know, my entrepreneurial journey started as I was um, coming out of university, um, started a partnership with two friends where we were selling beepers um, and cell phones, pagers and cell phones. Mm -hmm. And we, we grew that and we, we grew it to a point where we couldn't finance the cash flow of the business. So we actually ended up trading a very large purchase order um, from a retailer for jobs at a new paging company, a new beeper company, um, because we, we had a purchase order that we couldn't fulfill. Like we didn't have, you know, we're a couple of 20 year olds, 21 yeah. year olds, and we couldn't fill, you know, we couldn't buy the inventory in order to stock the retailer. And so we went over to a company and said, okay, well, we'll come in, um, we'll be your retail arm. And that was very successful, but I ended up spending, you know, gosh, uh, five years working for this um, public company, mm -hmm. uh, which was a good experience, you know, because then you've got your, I've got, I had my business degree. I had my um, short um, couple of years of entrepreneurialism. And then five years, you know, working in a very defined nine to five role um, and just grew up through the ranks. Um, and then, you know, basically my last um, position at the paging company was to divest the public company of all of the pieces. So I was basically chopping it up and selling the, selling the businesses off. And then I, uh, I got into the internet. Um, it was right around 96, 98 in that mm -hmm. in that time zone 
and I started um, putting services together to help people register domain names. And um, I, I basically had a six month severance um, from my beeper company. Um, and I spent most of that doing a, a, um, a, a startup um, of outdoor advertising with, you know, convenience stores, which I ended up not, not doing. I, I gave that to a friend. Uh, which is, is he's still in business 20 plus years later. Um, and I also did this, uh, you know, a, a website where you could search for a domain name, register a domain, and then be mailed an invoice. And I, you know, I almost didn't, uh, I almost didn't um, take off. I was interviewing, getting down to the last uh, couple of weeks of my severance. I was interviewing for positions um, at a laser eye surgery place to be their operations manager. And I wrote a desperate plea into Yahoo, which was a directory at the time saying, please, can you list me? Like I've, I've paid the consideration um, thing, but nothing, I didn't hear any reply back, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And someone took pity on me, never didn't respond, just listed me. And they didn't even write a description. They didn't even capitalize it. They just put my, my, my website's name, all lowercaps.com in their directory. But that changed my life um, because then I didn't, the, you know, on Monday, I had 15 orders. On Tuesday, I had 15 orders. On Wednesday, I had 15 orders. And it was just like, someone's turned the tap on. I don't need to accept this, you know, operations manager position. And I've, I've never looked back. I, I've really, uh, that, that was, um, set me off onto the online entrepreneur business. And then I saw, you know, just the leverage that you could do, um, on, on online and it's been fantastic so that's that's the long answer to your short it's, question it's crazy though <laughs> isn't it you think about how close like there was a one you know that one decision by somebody somewhere anonymously um yeah. probably completely changed the course of your life from that point on right imagine if you'd have gone then onto another into a, into that next corporate role who knows whether you'd have ended up ever taken the entrepreneurial path maybe maybe yeah. not it's just one of those unknown things and i think it's a good lesson for for anyone listening that you think it's never you know maybe you try something and try something and try something and it could be a month it could be six it could be however many years but if you keep going then there's always that chance that you end up doing something that could be incredible absolutely and and you know there's two lessons to be learned from from that both from the from the person who's looking for that opportunity, right? Always, always ask, all, you know, beg if you have to, right? But <laughs> yeah. always ask, just ask, 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 always be closing, right? But on the other side, um, you know, I've never forgotten that I've never, I don't know who that hero was in my life. And they have no idea the impact they've had on my life. Mm. And so I, you know, um, I'm sure we'll come across this later in my, in our, conversation but my my motto is be helpful right that person was so helpful to me that they have and they have no idea um but i'm i'm always trying to be helpful i'm trying to pay that back um in spades to to other people that um come to me whether they're customers or whether they're employees or contractors or just people in in, in my network um and so i'm always um trying to be that person mm -hmm um to to someone else um because i received that and it was completely life-changing for me and it was just honestly it was probably took them 
30 seconds a minute really and they've um, never thought about it again since Do you know no. it's just one of a million things that they've they've done right exactly they had but, no idea and i think it's but, that's it it's an important message yeah so the fact that they had that that kind-hearted response to my email mm -hmm. instead of just a delete you know archive yeah. uh, which could have been so easy to do um, you know, it, it was life-changing. And so how can you do that, um, in, in your life? You know, it could be someone, um, listening to your podcast. It could be someone who sends you an email, uh, could be someone who, you know, is like, uh, you know, your friend's, um, daughter or son, and they're, you know, not sure what they should do. And you just give them a piece of advice and that piece of advice could change their life. Hugely. Yeah. So what's the entrepreneurial life then been like for you since that point? Oh so man, it's been up the, and down. The, <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about, let's talk about this at the warts and all, because I think um, in many ways, right at the moment there's, and, and it's good to a certain degree, but there's a kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of entrepreneurial porn, right? It's kind of everything. It's be the entrepreneur, which I, I love the message because, you know, I think, a lot of people for the last probably generation, the millennial generation in particular, probably got overly sold the, the college work kind of route. And yeah. when you get there, suddenly everyone's doing it is very competitive. Whereas, yeah. you know, maybe some people are, are find they're more suited to doing their own thing. You know, we're not, we don't fit into a box within a, a corporate machine, but it's not going to be for everybody. And it is challenging and it's very mindset heavy. And so talk a bit about your experiences, the good and the yeah. more challenging areas. Yeah, I think, you know, looking back, I was lucky to have good bosses and bad bosses very early on in my working uh, career. So I had a great boss when I was in university, um, very demanding. You know, he was just like, I don't care, get it. You know, his, his, his saying was get it handled. Right. Mm -hmm. You come to him with a problem and he's like, get it handled. I don't, get I don't want to know. Just, just do <laughs> it. You're like, Oh, I'm going to have to stay here all night. It's like, get it handled. Right. If you have to stay here till four, stay here till four, but don't complain to me. You've got a job to do, mm -hmm. get it done. And I was 19 at the time. And I was like, Oh, this is what you do. Right. Um, and then later when I was in the, uh, in the paging uh, B for business, I had some really bad bosses. Bosses that um, had on their um, on their to do list, you know, try and get Richard to quit so we wouldn't have to pay him severance. So you can imagine that that when that was their <laughs> That's an official want to be in, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so I had bosses that would swear at me, you know, you know, set me up politically, um, you know, just all that Dilbert stuff, just just terrible. I, I, terrible I, I, I've been through similar experiences. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes it becomes the, the main art of the job seems it becomes uh, outwitting the <laughs> outwitting the bad boss. Um, but then one of them, uh, one of the guys that was kind of a mentor to me said, you know, life's too short to make someone else rich. So why don't you just do your own thing? And so that's when I, I struck out and said, okay, you know, let's explore this internet stuff. And, you know, um, it's looking back at life. Um, yeah, I just turned 50 last year. So I, I you know, I've got I a lot of- I cannot believe 50. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> I want so your help, regime. <laughs> so I've got a lot um, that I wish I knew when I was, you know, in my early 20s. And, and one of the things is, 
um, you know, and the, the wisdom is all out there, it's, you know, and a lot of it's for free now on, on YouTube, um, you know, or books. Um, and one of the, the things, you know, um, is that life is going to punch you in the face. And it's not if, it's when. Yeah. And how and, <laughs> and and how often and how you react to that punch is what is going to define your life mm -hmm. because you can you can hit, get hit in the face and be like I didn't deserve that that's not fair you know and you can be the victim and you can be you know um, you can uh, you know just uh, you know be outraged etc. Um, which in a lot of cases is, is, the, is the correct response. <laughs> yeah. um, um, but, or you can be like, you know what? Um, I'm going to get myself back up. I'm not going to let them keep me down. I'm going to, you know, uh, the best revenge is to live a, a good life mm -hmm. and um, not be, um, you know, not allow that punch to uh, victimize you any further. Um, and that's, it can be a trite thing to say. So I'm not, I'm not painting everyone's life, um, with the, you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking to everyone's trauma. Um, for me, I was 30. Um, my wife and I had just moved, um, to Bermuda, um, and, you know, business was flying high. And then in the span of 30 days, our website was hacked and all of our customer data was deleted. Um, Wow. Our biggest competitor came out and cut um, our profit, uh, the, cut the profit out from the business. And so instead of being the market price being $35 on a cost base of 15, um, the, they were now $3. Um, so it was, you know, profit was $3 on a cost base of 15. So they, they lowered the, the price from 35 down to 18 when the cost was 15. And so, you know, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Uh, and then I um, check myself into the hospital because I'm passing blood, which I think is an ulcer, and it turns out to be colon cancer. Good. So, um, like you say, it's it's how hard are you going to get hit in the face, mm -hmm. and how often? Well, I got hit three times in a month, um, and I was told that I wouldn't leave the hospital and you know get my affairs in order. Um, and my my son was three months old. Um, so, you know, that's a real, um, going through the tunnel, um, and not knowing if there's going to be light on the other side. Um, so my, you know, I had, um, faith in God and, you know, um, I, I won't go through the whole story, but basically, um, I didn't, I came out, um, of the emergency, um, uh, surgery, um, and they were, you know, they sent off the, uh, they sent off the samples for um, for determination of what it was, and it came back as stage A, which is like the the best case scenario. Nice they thought it was, yeah, they thought it was stage D because of the size, and um, they were like, "That's this is incorrect. Um, we have to treat it as if it's stage D. We need to get you started on chemotherapy right away." Um, and we're like, "No, no, we'll wait, we'll wait for the chemo. Um, let's send. You know, can you?" get a second opinion now yeah the second opinion has gone off to johns hopkins anyway that comes back stage a now like we've never seen this before this is like a miracle um you don't need chemo you're we're going to release you from the hospital even though we didn't think you'd ever leave even with chemo wow um and 
you know, it was like, okay, you've just been told you're going to die and now you're not going to. So how do you live your life? Mm-hmm. And I was 30 at the time. So I was, I, I feel lucky now because I get, you know, if I had gone, kept going down that path of working seven, you know, 18 hours a day, seven days a week, um, you know, that's why I was like, oh, of course I've got an ulcer, right? Of course I'm passing yeah. blood, right? I'm sleeping at my desk. I'm living in Bermuda and I've been to the beach twice, you know? <laughs> um, so I wasn't surprised to be unhealthy. And so, yeah, it was, it was, um, you know, it was interesting. I traded my, my company. I was like, oh, you know what I should do? I should go back to that nine to five job. Let somebody else worry about mm-hmm. everything, right? So I traded my company for a, uh, for, um, a job and um, private paper and did it very quickly, didn't do my due diligence um, and moved to California. You know, fast forward a year, I, I've had a great time working like 30, 35 hours a week living in California, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know where my jacket is, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, fantastic <laughs> lifestyle. Um, I'm getting healthier, you know, focusing on what I'm eating, um, you know, spending time with, with the family. But on the business side, um, the company that we had merged in with was doing all kinds of Enron accounting. If you don't know mm. if you remember Enron, but oh yeah, it, Enron, right? <laughs> so fast forward a year, and basically the company is worthless that we merged in with. And the only assets that they have of value are the ones that I vended in. And so 97% of the value of the company is gone. 3% of the company is what I brought in, but they have debtors and they own and creditors. And so they're like, yeah. okay, Richard, you're going to get six cents on the dollar. Right. And so I, I fought that tooth, tooth and nail. Um, and ended up getting, you know, a severance check basically, which I split with two partners. So I come back to Vancouver and basically penniless, right? Right. Penniless, but I've got a few months of severance. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of like the same thing. I've got like a six month severance and I'm starting back over and everyone's like, Oh, you just, you've been in Bermuda, you've been in California, you know, you're coming back. And I'm like, dude, I have like, I'm but that's off, the thing, isn't it? There's, an, there's an important there's an important thing there right the external yeah. perception is you know you've been living in bermuda you've been living in california you the yeah. life's life's amazing right but then yeah. you don't see yeah. all of the other stuff that's happening and then you know the the cycle of going from the up the down the up the down like it's just that's not exactly. what people see because they're too you know everyone else is doing their own thing all of the other yeah. time and one eye on what's happening yeah. and they just see the, the the surface level things yeah so you know in today's world now i'd come back and i'd start a course on how to you know and i'd charge hey, people twenty thousand dollars for this course but no i mean um i came back and i started um i started buying and selling domain names i was like in, instead of selling the shovels let me actually get in alongside these guys that i've, I've been providing services to for uh you know now four or five years and see how they are making money. And so it was buying and selling domain names and brokering names. And um, so I did that from about 2002 to for about 10 years, um, just buying and selling domains. And it was a great lifestyle um, because that gave me the opportunity to not have um, employees, 
mm-hmm. not have, you know, um, you know, looking back, I used to have um, three offices in three different time zones. And so now for the next 10 years, I was like, what can I do that will allow me to work from home, allow me to spend time with my family? You know, we homeschooled our kids. Like it was, it was, a, um, I still worked very hard, mm-hmm. um, you know, but my schedule was like eight until noon and then, you know, four until 10 or 12 at night. Um, so I, I, I still did long days, um, but it was, it gave but me- But you're around. You know, I was, yeah, I was always around, right? Mm. Four hours in the middle of the day to go off and do like a field trip or, um, and then, uh, and home for dinner, home for breakfast, right? It was, it was a really good um, lifestyle. Um, and I then that's I, something worth, yeah. that's something worth considering, right? Is because um, one of the advantages we've taken in the entrepreneurial life is you can kind of decide how you want your life to be first. And yes, then yeah. think about how you want to work around that. Do you want to build up a big organization and therefore, you know, have all of that extra responsibility? Or do you want to actually make a, you can still make an incredibly good living by doing something by yourself and making it more of a, a lifestyle business. And you have that, that flexibility. Yeah. And I think that's the important part for, you know, when you're thinking mm-hmm. about, because you hear a lot now about, Oh, four day, four day weeks is the way forward. I think, you know, like Sweden or somewhere has gone to four day weeks. Yeah. Well, I think you only want a four day week if you don't enjoy what you're doing. If you're enjoying what you're doing, then, you know, you don't necessarily need to have a time limit, You but you can, you have the flexibility to work around and within your life rather than kind of what arbitrary, arbitrarily making it just these four days of the week. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you are working, you know, if I, if I was, you know, I, I started out in insurance when I was in university and, you know, if I was in insurance, yeah, I would definitely want a four day week. Yeah. Or three. Uh, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, take the weekends off. Um, and, you know, yeah, you can, you can, it, I, I'm not saying that it's the wrong life. Right? People, yeah. people might, might want that life. They want that stability, the mm-hmm. paycheck. You don't have to, to worry. Um, you don't have to, to lose any sleep. You don't have yeah, definitely. people relying on you. Um, and, you know, you get your exhilaration from your hobbies, your, mm-hmm. your, your, um, your relationships, etc. cetera. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, and I mean, by that, I mean an entrepreneur who is, um, starting something up, hiring people, um, growing that business and growing it to that business so that it doesn't rely on you as a person so that you can then sell that business. To me, that's, that's the full entrepreneur. Otherwise, to be an owner. yeah, to be an owner that can exit. Um, if you are, you know, self-employed, that good on you, right? If you're a lifestyle entrepreneur where if you stop working, um, you've got nothing at the, to, 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 uh, to sell, um, then, you know, that, that's what I was doing for 10 years. Um, and then I was like, you know, I want to build something that I can sell. And, um, I, I, I fell into an opportunity. I was going to take a year off and, and figure out what that was. And I really fell into this opportunity. Um, I've been supporting water school, uh, waterschool.com, which is a, a clean water charity, um, focusing on, on Uganda. And I'd been supporting them for a number of years and we'd done um, some head shaves at conferences um, just late, late at night. And, you know, at that point I was like, I had committed, um, I was, 
on the board and I had committed that, hey, in January, every January, we will raise $20,000 by shaving people's heads. And then January, uh, so the fall of 2013 came and the, the conference that was supposed to be announced for January, you know, um, in LA, the organizers hadn't announced the dates. So I was like, what's going on? Like, I need to organize where we're going to shave people's heads. And um, found out that they were thinking of um, either not having the conference at all or having it sometime later in the year. And I was like, I need, we need, the charity needs this money. Yeah. Um, it's a small charity. And so I was like, oh, why don't I just organize something? I'll call it a non-conference conference. We'll just, we'll just get a bunch of people together, get them drunk, get them to shave their heads and pledge money to the charity, right? Um, we'll get like 60 to 80 people together. I'm going to, to Vegas anyway for the Affiliate Summit show. We'll do it then. And so I, I start to put some announcements out and I call it, I hand register a name for it, namescon.com for domain names, you know, namescon. And then a couple of people reach out to me and we actually make it into a, a, an actual conference. So hmm. um, by the end of it, you know, long story short, because we're filling this vacuum, right? There's a need. People are, they have a budgeted spend. Like they've been spending mm -hmm. money every January for eight years. And then suddenly they have a blank January. And so I, we step in, Namescon steps in. And it's like, hey, spend your money here. Right. It's in the same, we're, we're stepping right into these people's shoes and it's in Vegas instead of LA. Anyway, we had almost 600 people show up um, and we raised all, almost a hundred thousand um, dollars for the water school charity. Um, and it was a, it was a fantastic learning experience. Uh, you know, it was my first conference. Um, and we, we actually grew the conference over the next few years to 1500 um, attendees and then sold it. And that was like, okay, you know, a nice sale. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my, my, my previous sale had been a disaster because I ended up with like a, my health, but uh, with a severance check. So this was like what I felt was my first real um, exit. And um, so that, that was very satisfying. And um, at the same time, we were also growing resume.com. Um, and so I, we had built, put together a team to take one of, you know, a super premium.com domain, mm -hmm. build a, a team, build a business. And then a couple of years after selling Namescon, we sold resume um, to Indeed. And so Indeed.com, yeah, one of the, it's the world's largest uh, job board uh, company. And, you know, we had 4 million users, um, 10 employees. Um, it was, a, it was a, a solid exit as well. And so we're like, okay, I think we're, I think we're getting the hang of it, right? <laughs> yeah. We start to know this game now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then we took another super premium domain that we had been thinking about for a number of years in terms of what the business should be, uh, what the need is, and where the opportunities are um, to really turn an industry on its head. And so we took logo.com and we are doing basically a repeat of resume.com where we're building out a local team, which is much more expensive than offshoring. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, so we're using an onshore team, um, local presence, writing almost everything from scratch ourselves um, so that we know and own all of the code. Mm -hmm. And um, going through, you know, we're bootstrapping it ourselves um, and 
you know, just getting out there and, and putting together, basically it's an automated logo maker. So instead of doing the back and forth of, of, you know, one to three weeks with a designer, you can come to logo.com and in 20 minutes have a logo. And, you know, our pricing starts at 20 bucks. So we, we, we make the value proposition so ridiculously uh, a slam dunk that, you know, we're, we're, um, you know, building something that we would use our ourselves um, and then offering it at a tremendous value to, to everyone else. And it's, it's what we did with, with the conference. It's what we did with resume and we're doing it again with logo.com. So what was the, th- what's the, what's the thing you, you've kind of learned throughout each of those kind of the last three businesses, I suppose that you've mm-hmm. built on what are the things that you've, you've kind of really um, kind of, zeroed in on that you think you're you're now kind of rinsing and repeating that that's allowing you to kind of build upon that success you know i mean um i touched on it before but the motto of be helpful right so we're not here trying to you know pull one over on on people in the resume business people were trying to pull one over on the customer Mm -hmm. really um you know they they would um, sign people in for a monthly subscription and the only way to cancel was in writing, you know, by registered mail, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I was in, when I was in Vegas and went through um, the Zappos um, tour, you know, you're, you see this, um, this different culture. I mean, they're selling shoes, right? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a shoe guy, so I'm not a sneaker guy, but to me, shoes are shoes, right? But <laughs> yeah. they brought a different culture to shoes. And I was like, well, why don't we do that when, when we're building resume? Well, why don't we do that for resume? Let's build a different culture. You're three months in, you don't like the billing. We'll give you a refund. You, we're not just the refund that you're asking for. We'll give you a refund of all of your money because we don't want your money if you don't want our service, mm-hmm. right? If you don't feel that we've given you value, money is a thank you. If, if you don't think that we've given you value, we don't want we don't want your, your money because we don't deserve it. And so it was, you know, taking that approach, right. Of, of being helpful, you know, I mean, in England, when you're, when you go to a pub, right. Well, let me start. Well, we used when, to go to the pub. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah when you used to go. well, in, in, in North America, when you go, you know, if you're in Vegas and you go to the bar t- bar and you, you get a beer, you know, and the beer is $8, you're leaving two as a tip right? Yeah. If it's $7, you're leaving three as a tip, right? Yeah. It, you know, you go to the pub, you know, I go to, a, I went to the pub, you know, the first time by myself. I try to leave a tip. The, the barkeep looks at me like I've got two heads and they're <laughs> yeah, completely yeah. insulted, right? Because leaving them a tip is like they're beneath you. Whereas, you know, you're the, the, the apparently the correct thing is, you know, you're like, oh, and one for you. Right. And they yeah. add on the cost of a, of a pint, you know, and you don't do it every single time. You do it when you're doing a round, you do it every other time you're up there, et cetera. You know, there's a whole there's nuance. Is, the there point is sub etiquette. Yeah. Right. The, the point is that the, the person on the other side isn't working for you. They're your friend. And yeah. the money exchange is just for that, that service. And so, we tried to build that into the conference business, the logo business, the resume business, which is, hey, we're here to help you. If we mm-hmm. can't help you, then don't pay us. 
But if we can help you, even if it's something that's not something we're not selling, we're going to try and help you. Right. So, you know, we, you come to logo.com and you ask us for something and yeah, we don't do that. We could end it there, but instead we're like, yeah, we don't do that. But why don't you try this guy? Why don't you try this guy? Or why don't you try this guy? And they're not affiliate links. They're just, we're yeah. just trying to be helpful. Right. Even if we can't sell you something that, that we're offering, mm-hmm. we're still going to try and be helpful. And so we, we bring that um, British hub <laughs> culture <laughs> to our businesses. Um, and yeah, we're not working for all of our clients. We're working with all of our clients. Um, we were, we we're all, we're working on this automated um, logo making tool um, editor, and we're, we're trying to make it better and better for our, our customers um, so that it's, it's helpful to them. We're not building it so that we can just take their money. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, I come across so many businesses, um, um, especially in North America, where it is just a, hey, we're, we're just here to take your money. And we're, you know, that's why think about like the cable company or the internet provider, or your mobile service provider, they all have this, um, this feel of, of not being friendly. And yeah. so, um, you know, when Virgin Mobile comes in and they have all of these friendly policies or T-Mobile did, um, it, it turns the industry on its head because people are like, oh, finally, I'm dealing with somebody like we're at British pub, an organization, not, <laughs> right? Not like we're at McDonald's, right? And um, so it's a, it's a different dynamic and we try and bring that and it's, um, it, it, it uh, permeates through to the team as well, um, which is very important. Um, and it's, it's an interesting, it just makes life more fun honestly, you don't feel like you're doing a grind, you know, yeah. you're not, you know, just there to, uh, to deliver goods to a, um, a customer, you're there to help them in their journey. I think the, the, the one advantage of many businesses being quite abstract and cold and, and not very human is that when you if you then run a human centric kind of organization, and you listen to the customer and you're actually engaging in a way that adds value it stands out absolute mile you know because because it's not as common anymore as it used to be you know when businesses were much smaller and they were run by they were owned and operated by the per by that same person and and so whether you had a good experience mattered because it mattered whether you were going to come back whereas now everything is you know, managers and employees, and, and they don't have the same vested interest in the, the long-term success that they're passing, effectively passing through. And that yeah. kind of makes its way through to customer experience. Whereas, so now, if you can provide that kind of old-fashioned style warmth, customers remember it and they keep coming back. And, you know, you talk about the Zappos example i remember the story i can't remember who heard it from, from some someone like tony robbins was talking about you know back in their early days they were burning cash and had no no route to uh profitability and success and they were like what are we going to do what are we going to do and they they was brought some great people in and said well you need to make the irresistible offer you got to make it a no-brainer for the people and that's where the the free returns came from right. which now kind of free returns is a in most businesses is a fairly common thing. Some people still yeah. make you pay to return the stuff, but you know, it seemed back then was like a absolute 
terrifying yeah. prospect to say, well, everyone's going to buy, order a load of stuff and then send it all back. But exactly. it worked out massively well for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with uh, logo.com, we're just trying to pack, you know, um, time savings in, mm-hmm. you know, the, the cost of the logo isn't that much, but if, if you look at it from the customer's point of view, when they're looking at it and they, you know, um, we don't have free returns because we're, we're doing a, a virtual <laughs> thing. We're not shipping our logos back and forth. Um, but let's say, you know, you, um, you buy a logo and then you, you know, from our competitor and then you're like, okay, now I need to put this into my Facebook cover or I need to adjust it and have it go into the LinkedIn or what am I going to do when I want it to go into my, into the circle um, on my Twitter profile. And it's like, you know what, why don't we just provide a tool where we're saving you the 30 minutes um, mm-hmm. that you're going to spend on each one of those. Um, and, you know, let's just, every time a customer asks for a different file size, we'll just add it to the tool set. And, and so now we've grown our social media and profile picture tool set to be like probably eight hours worth of finicking, right? Mm-hmm. So now you buy a, a logo for, and, and you get the, the social media pack, it's like 60 bucks and it saves you eight hours, yeah. right? And what does that cost us? It costs us a fraction, but you know, the value that we deliver, like if you're, if you value your time at, you know, $15 an hour, you know, it's 120 bucks. Exactly. It's like, right. It's just like, what can we do to, to make that irresistible offer? Right. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, that's um, what we're doing every day is trying to add on additional templates, add on additional um, um, AI and add on additional tool sets so that it makes it just like, oh my goodness, the, the, the cost of the logo was, was almost free um, because of all the time savings that I'm getting from this. And so, yeah, the, the irresistible offer that you mentioned, that's, that's really what we're, um, definitely striving for and the customers will give you the clues as to what that's likely to be you know once you're up and running like you're saying there like customers ask for this and ask for that you know if if you can just start giving it to them right if you because you're already removed they're the barriers that you've got or barriers of what customers have already got if you can knock those barriers down because they say hey can you do this and you go yeah i mean if one person asks for something in this world now it's highly unlikely that they're a, a snowflake there's going yeah. to be loads of thousands of other people, hundreds of thousands of other people that want exactly. the same thing that they want. And I think yeah. we can, we can get caught up in thinking, Oh, there's just this, you know, if there's one person, it's just one person. And it, and that's not the scenario at all in any walk of life. Right. There's huge. Yeah. Of people and, and there's, there's, there's probably very few types of people, if that makes sense. <laughs> we yeah. all want similar things in, in some way. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, one of the things I learned early on um, at the paging business was that customer service is, um, is, is the most important role in your, in your business um, because you're on the front lines, not with a customer um, or potential customer who's about to open their wallet. You're with someone who has opened their wallet and has a vested interest in your, the success of your business. Um, and so the advice that they give to you, which can be in the form of, you know, a complaint, um, or it can be in the form of a request, or it can be in the form of a question. Um, but the advice that they're giving you, um, you have to take to heart. And so, you know, in all of the businesses that I've run, um, I've never asked someone 
um, who's working as part of the team to do something that I would not be willing to do myself or that I've not done myself. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's, you know, if I, literally at the, at the paging company, um, you know, the janitorial service had an issue, they couldn't come for a week, like, okay, who's going to clean the bathroom? As the, as the operations manager, I was the first one to do it. I'm like, okay, this is the sign-up sheet. We have to split this up. Who's yeah. going to do it? I'm taking the first round, okay? Because you need to set that example. And then, so, but, but my point is that customer service is so important that um, at, at logo.com right now, our customer service tickets are answered by myself, our head tech, our lead programmer and our lead designer. Mm -hmm. So you, we don't have a $2 an hour customer service rep who's offshore. We have guys that are being paid top Silicon Valley dollars answering your customer service, not because we want to offer the best customer service, but because the best advice for our business is coming from our customers. And so the best way is not to have it filtered through someone saying, oh, this customer faced this. It's like, you're dealing with that customer's pain and anguish right now, right? You're dealing with their odd request right now, because as, as you said, David, that person is not a snowflake, right? When they have a problem, there's probably 10 other people who are just like, oh, forget it. I'm out of here. And yeah, they and just didn't silently say anything. Exactly. Somewhat, yeah. One person says something, there's a hundred people behind them that didn't bother and they just walked out the door. Exactly. So, and, you know, we definitely, um, we've built all of our businesses based on customer feedback. So, you know, yeah, the customer service department is, is the most important department, um, even above sales and marketing, because you need to make sure that the customers um, that have opened their wallet are treated correctly that they, um, they, they're the ones who will tell you why they bought and what they want and what they're, you know, what they thought was there and isn't there. So, you know, once you fill all of those potholes in, you're going to have a nice smooth road. Um, and so it makes your, your, your sales and marketing so much easier. Hugely important. I think for anyone listening now, who's thinking of starting any kind of business is to really listen to that advice because, I, I've seen so many times people in going into business who their customers give them value, valuable information and they'll argue with the customer that they're wrong. They just, the customer just doesn't get it. They just, <laughs> customers do they're like, no, it's the, it's the other way around. Right? You're going uh, to, you're trying to sell this product or service to this group of people and this group of people are, you're telling you that they don't get it or it doesn't work or whatever it is. Right. You've got to listen to these people. It's not them that are wrong. Like, yeah. Whatever, there's something in your process or in your product that's not working the way it should do for them to feel comfortable and happy about it. Exactly. That's exactly true. Yeah. So before we, um, before we wrap up, a couple of other quick questions. One of the things that I like to ask people about is routines um, because the thing I've found as a, as a theme, uh, I've had these conversations and over the years working with and for different people is there's a varying approach to how you start and end your day. And some people it's nothing at all. Um, but what I've definitely found is there tends to be some kind of habit pattern for most of the people that seem to be moving forwards in life. Yeah. If that makes sense. So <laughs> what does your, 
What do you, what, how do you start and end your days? Uh, you know, I, I, I do have a routine um, and, you know, whether it's conscious or not, I have to definitely do have a routine, which is I, <laughs> my cat gets me out of bed. <laughs> is that the alarm clock <laughs> yeah i have a slave to, to our cats um i i get out of bed i do the litter <laughs> i i i have my bowl of cereal every morning um and you know it, it's kind of the uh the hoodie mentality which is like you know if you have a hoodie as your you know the the last things you need to think about yeah. right that's part of your routine the less things that you need to think about, um, the more um, you know um, mental cycles you can spend on you know other things, whether it's your business or or life. And so, yeah, I um, you know get up, litter, cereal, shower, get to my desk. Short and sharp. That's it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, I just I don't even have to think about what what am I doing? What do I need to do first? It's just uh-huh. like so go. And, and then, yeah, get to my desk and, and then uh, dive into emails. What do you do at the end of the day? Uh, how do you, how do you, what, let's say, because uh, you said earlier, kind of a, your working schedule can fluctuate a bit, but what yeah. do you do before you go to bed? You know, I'm, I'm not the greatest at that, but, um, you know, I've been trying to cut down on the amount of TV watching um, and replace that with reading, but I haven't been as successful as I want to be on that. That's because um, the TV's a powerful machine. Yes. <laughs> I'm the same as you, you know, I'd love to be able to read more in the evening. I read in the morning, but yeah. I, don't, I don't tend to read in the evening as much. So I end up like you, yeah. not for a long time, but with the TV, right? It's kind of, it's yeah. there. It looks at you, so it says, come and watch me. Yeah, so uh, my wife is an amazing uh, cook and, um, and I try and balance that out with trying to be an amazing cleaner. Um, so my evening routine is to close the house down, make sure it's clean um, and kind of reset for mm-hmm. the next day so that, uh, you know, um, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't matter how big, uh, you know, um, how big a, a success you feel you are in your own business world. Um, I think it's um, important and, and grounding to, you know, drive the kids to school um, every now and then, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, cleaning the kitchen, putting the dishwasher on, turning off all the lights, making sure everything's locked, um, and then wander up um, stairs and have a, a visit with my wife uh, before you know the lights are off. Um, and yeah, try and get into bed uh, and, and get to sleep by eleven p.m. Yeah, it's important to have that. I think you know, closing down at the end of the day and not having stuff left over. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking before, you know, having fewer things to worry about in the morning, you know, just everything builds on that decision fatigue throughout the day. If you start the, the day and you've kind of left the stuff from the day before and you walk down into the kitchen, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. not going to start your day well. Right? <laughs> so you want to give you want to give yourself the best chance of the day starting as smoothly as possible. You know, there's no point tripping yourself up before you've even got up, especially if it's your partner who's walking down before you. Right. So if you left everything the night before and they walk down and, you know, you're you're hoping that they're going to make you a cup of tea. That's not going to happen. (laughs) The sink is full of dishes. No, and it's just not it's it's a it's a great way to to start the day. My um, my wife actually taught me, you know, um, if you're if you've got a a call in the morning, you've got a trip, you know, when we used to travel, um, if if you have a, a trip in the morning or you've got a meeting in the morning, pack your bag the night before and have it by the door. 
So yeah, if I if I had a um, you know when I would go to the office, um, my backpack would be packed the night before, so that when I get up and I do my morning routine, mm -hmm. I just come down, grab the keys, grab the bag, and go out. I don't have yeah. to do any running around. Where's this? Where's that? No, I've done that night, the night before. Um, yeah. So yeah, there there are small you know life tweaks that you can do to just make your life smoother. Um, and yeah, routine is very important in that. Yeah, I habitualize as much as I possibly can so that you don't have to think about too much. We're nearly at the end, but quickly, if you could recommend one book, what would that you book? know? It's really hard for one book, but it, yeah, I mean, you know, when I, one book that I would say everyone has to have read is E Myth, or now it's so old, it's called E Myth Revisited. Revisited, um, yeah. <laughs> so because that really opened my eyes to what is the difference between um, being self-employed or being an entrepreneur and what's what's the difference between um, building a business and working on your business and you know um, I've now exited three businesses um, and I've learned you know that when you're starting your business you have to have that exit in mind and really um, you know I, I kind of give myself a pass on the first one that we were in such a rush to get out that we didn't follow the advice that was in the e-myth. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you can't step away from your business um, you know, on say three weeks notice, then do you have a business or do you have a job where you are the boss? And so, you know, that's the difference um, of, of working on your business you know, working on your business versus working in your business. And so to me, I see so many people that are trapped inside of self-employment, um, including my, my, my father. Um, and so, um, you know, when, when he was working, he's not working anymore, obviously. Um, but, you know, that, those are, are life lessons that um, people, sometimes they get stuck and they don't know why. You know, it's kind of like the, the old fish is swimming along and he passes two young fish and he says, ah, how's the water today? <laughs> right? And then the one young fish turns to the other young fish and he's like, what the hell is he talking about? What's water? Right? Because <laughs> they, they don't know they're in water, right? So exactly. it's kind of like, you know, you know, be aware. And so the e-method was is my high recommendation because it can really open your eyes. You can think you're an employee, an entrepreneur, read the book and be like, oh my goodness, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, but, so, uh, but but you it's it doesn't mean that you can't be you just need to correct some things right take notice of of what it is um take notice of the water that's around you and i think that's the first step that a lot of people to make is oh i'm gonna go and do my own thing and you end up with a job with more responsibility you're now running the business you're responsible <laughs> responsible for everything and right. you're doing the job yeah and, and i think the emis is a great book for illustrating that difference yeah. one last question if you could spend one day with anybody dead or alive. Who would that person be? Mm, probably Jesus. Mm. Cause I was like, what's the story here? <laughs> you know, cause you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all writing it, but I'm going to go to the source, right? What actually happened here? <laughs> um, uh, beyond that uh, cliche, I'd probably say uh, Richard Branson. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I've read a lot of his books. I like his style. Um, he's just seems like the, the right amount of crazy 
to me. I yeah. think Elon Musk is a little too much crazy for me. <laughs> yeah, he's a, you know? he's a little bit <laughs> um, I've got a mug that my wife bought me that says crazy on it. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that Richard Branson is just the right amount of crazy for, uh, and I'd like to learn from him. Yeah, he's got some really good books. Definitely yeah. worth worth checking out. Richard's been really, really good um, speaking to you. And time has flown by. We didn't quite stick to time, but it's been been really interesting. Where can people find you and and learn a bit more um, about you or your business or your or your journey? I am Richard at logo.com. So pretty easy, easy name to spell passes the radio test. Richard at logo.com. Um, and I live and breathe on LinkedIn. Um, I re- I'm a firm believer in building out my LinkedIn network um, and being open to helping people out. So feel free to reach out to me at LinkedIn. Um, you can go to Lau, which is my last name, lau.com. And that, uh, that's the shortcut over to my LinkedIn page. Amazing. Richard, again, thank you very, very much for giving it me time. And hopefully we'll speak again soon. Thank you, David. Really appreciate being on here. Lovely. Cheers, Richard. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more similar episodes, head over to pocketmastermind.com where you'll also find the links mentioned in this conversation. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. It will really help us to get our message out and let more people know about these episodes. So leave us a review, leave us a rating, hit the subscribe button and please share with your friends. Until next time, thank you again for listening.